0: Diaz from Center City. This is the Rorschach Venezuela update from the 3rd of November 2022. A quick summary of what's going down in Venezuela. On Tuesday, the 1st, Petro and Maduro met for the first time in Caracas after Petro's presidential victory on the 19th of June. After the meeting, both presidents signed a joint declaration that establishes 11 points that would benefit both countries. The topics ranged from economic relations to the possibility of creating a common front for the Climate Summit, or COP27, which begins this week in Egypt. They also talked about the return of Venezuela to the Andean Community of Nations. During his visit to Caracas, Petro asked his Venezuelan counterpart to consider Venezuela's return to the inter-American human rights system, something he said that Maduro looked, quote, receptive to. In environmental matters, Petro announced that he had talked with Maduro about the protection of the Amazon jungle and about Latin America's need to bring a common voice on the issue to the COP27 summit. He also asked Brazil to join the cause. Following this news, also on Tuesday, the United States asked Colombia to promote democracy in Venezuela. Ned Price, the U.S. Department of State spokesperson, reiterated the U.S.'s commitment to help, quote, "...restore democracy and law," unquote, in Venezuela." He also insisted that the only way for this to happen was through negotiations between Maduro and Venezuela's opposition. However, the U.S. is not the only one interested in renewing talks between the opposition party and the Maduro regime. On Friday the 28th, the High Representative of the European Union for Foreign Policy, Josep Borrell, defended his position of including Venezuela, Cuba, and Nicaragua in the regional summits of the Hemispheric Entity and Latin America. He considers that through these mechanisms, there are greater opportunities to dialogue with these nations than if it is done separately. Borel ensured that if the political dialogue between countries is achieved, it can provide solutions to the struggle that some countries are going through. Borrell asked to exert political pressure to reactivate the dialogue between the Venezuelan opposition and the Maduro government in Mexico. He also criticized the fact that announcements are made by the Maduro regime about the resumption of the dialogues with the Venezuela opposition, but they never materialize. In migration news on Saturday the 29th, the Ministry of Foreign Affairs reported that over 350 Venezuelan migrants returned to Venezuela from Ecuador and Peru with the De Vuelta a la Patria plan promoted by Maduro's regime. On Friday the 28th, more than 90 Venezuelans returned from Ecuador, while on Saturday the 29th, at dawn, over 270 returned from Peru. The flights were made through the national airline Conviasa. Next up, Panama reported that the number of Venezuelan migrants passing through the country on their way to the U.S. has decreased drastically. On Friday the 28th, Oriel Ortega, the head of the National Border Service, or SENA Front, In Panama, reported that before 4,000 people entered Panamanian territory daily and now the figure decreased to 2,200, out of which only 600 are Venezuelans. The decrease occurs after the United States government implemented a measure on the 12th of October that allows the U.S. to expel to Mexico every Venezuelan who illegally entered the country crossing the Mexico or Panama borders. Speaking of Panama, on Saturday the 29th, at least 3,800 Venezuelan migrants who are living in a shelter in the Panamanian capital voluntarily returned to Venezuela in recent days through humanitarian flights. Maria Isabel Saravia, the deputy director of the National Migration Service, told reporters that the vast majority of these people have processed their return to Venezuela, quote, by their own economic means and others through collaboration, unquote. Saravia added that another group of 300 Venezuelan migrants traveled back to Venezuela on Saturday. The regime of Nicolás Maduro continues to censor the Venezuelan media freedom of speech, this time the closure of four other radio stations in the states of Carabobo and Tachira. On Friday the 28th, the National Union of Press Workers, best known as SNP, denounced that the National Telecommunications Commission, or CONATEL, ordered the closure of Exitos 99.1 FM in Valencia. Similarly, on the same day, Conatel ordered the closure of the radio stations Platinum 88.1 FM, Innovacion Panamericana Stereo 98.3 FM, and Alegria 104.9 FM in the Tachira state. Conatel said that none of these stations had the permits to continue operating. The SNP also reported that in 2022, Maduro's regime shut down at least 85 radio stations throughout the country. Following this news on Monday the 31st, Diosdado Cabello, the first vice president of the United Socialist Party of Venezuela, best known as PSUV, justified the massive closure of radio stations saying that, quote, freedom of expression does not belong to the media, unquote. He also said that many of these stations had been closed for a long time. In response to the allegations made by the SNP, Díaz Dado Cabello maintained that, quote, there has never been more freedom of expression in Venezuela since the revolution, unquote, alluding to Chávez's revolution. Moving on also on Monday the 31st, in a phone conversation, Maduro and the recently elected president of Brazil, Luis Inácio Lula del Silva, agreed to resume the bilateral cooperation agenda between both countries. On Sunday the 30th, after Lula's victory in the presidential elections in Brazil, the Venezuelan government expressed through a statement its, quote, best disposition and goodwill to together strengthen the ties of friendship, unquote. Let us remember that during the mandate of former President Chavez, Lula, president of Brazil at the time, was a great ally of Venezuela. In response to the rumors circulating about whether the date of the next presidential elections would be moved forward, on Monday the 31st, Enrique Marquez, the vice president of the National Electoral Council, denied the rumors and informed that the elections will be held at the end of 2024. Marquez said, quote, I don't know of a constitutional mechanism that allows them to be brought forward, unquote. In other news, on Tuesday the 1st, the docket initiative belonging to the Clooney Foundation for Justice and the NGO Foro Penal Venezolano presented a report to the prosecutor of International Criminal Court, Karim Khan, denouncing 11 officials of the General Directorate of Military Counterintelligence for allegedly committing crimes against humanity in Venezuela. Jasmine Chubin, the director of legal advocacy for the docket, said that one of the victims assured that the perpetrator believes he is, quote, untouchable and above the law. Chubin said that the victims of these crimes are linked to Venezuelan political opposition parties or are perceived as such by Maduro's regime. Crimes include torture, arbitrary detention, and sexual abuse. Recall that in November 2021, the International Criminal Court authorized an investigation into the human rights situation in Venezuela. However, in April 2022, Maduro's administration requested a postponement to the investigations, arguing that all human rights crimes investigations are already being carried out in Venezuela by his cabinet. Following this news, on Tuesday the 1st, Karim Khan informed the media that he formally requested authorization from pre-trial Chamber 1 to continue with the investigation into the alleged crimes against humanity in Venezuela. Khan said that the postponement requested by the administration of Nicolas Maduro on these investigations, quote, is not justified, unquote, and therefore the research must be resumed. And finally, to close this edition, on Wednesday the 2nd, Maduro met with his counterpart from Guinea-Bissau, Umaro Sizoko Mbalo, in Caracas. This is their first official visit to Venezuela, made by the president of Guinea-Bissau, fulfilling an agenda focused on strengthening the ties between the two countries. At the meeting, both presidents discussed cooperation plans in different areas, such as health, housing, trade, oil, energy, transportation, and education. Suzoko announced that both countries will unite their airlines to connect Africa with South America and said that Venezuela has opened the quota for 100 students from guinea bissau to move to Venezuela to study medicine. And that's it for this week. A couple of weeks ago, we mentioned we were looking for knowledgeable, interesting volunteers that wanted to have some special conversations, like interviews, but less interviewee about Venezuela. Well, it's not too late. If you're still interested in maybe being involved, just let us know at Venezuela at That's R-O-R-S-H-O-K dot Hasta la próxima.